Now, I know I'm a little bit early. It's like 6.58 or something like that. Um, but I just thought I would go ahead and get on. I'm looking at my screen because I'm also trying to look at, like, are there other... Hmm, let me see here. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see if there's, like, moderation I can do over here for comments and stuff like that. Um, I don't have Anne tonight with me. She's at a book club um, that got rescheduled and had to be happening during this time period. So, with that being said, I might miss some of your comments. I might miss all of your comments. I don't know. But I can see stuff. Like Trish. I see Trisha. Trisha Hyon says, hey. I say hey back. Um, if you're tuning in, great live. If you're watching this after the fact, awesome. Um, this will be podcasted. I pressed record. So we've got all the good stuff happening right now. And we're tuned in. So welcome to another More to Life live event on Facebook. Now, you can probably tell um, our grand experiment um, to kind of experience a little bit more connection, a little bit more community on these nights has been postponed. Really, so I can just kind of wrap my head around it a little bit more, um, ponder it a bit more, and see what's possible. So stay tuned, you know, and if anything, just get on that More to Life email list, join our email list so you can stay in the know, so you can get the details about what's going to happen and when, and you can know that, all right? So you take that responsibility, hop onto our website, um, experiencemortolife.com, and get on the email list. Other than that, I don't know. How's everybody doing? Um, I was sitting around today pondering. I was like, you know, I don't know. Like some this area back here on me, I'm looking to make sure I'm touching the, this 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 part of my head. This part here too is a little stressed out, um, a little sore. And I was thinking, like, I don't know, like job possibilities, but. If you've got this, if you can do this and you can do this, I mean, being a head or ears, uh, jaw masseuse right now, I feel like that, that kind of potential, that job should be on the rise, on the incline with all the mask wearing that's going on. I feel like that's something that people would take you up on, you know, I would pay for that. Like just, you know, just, uh, I felt it today. I was taking a shower and I was and I was like, oh man, like, ugh, you know what I mean? Maybe I just have really sensitive ears, or obviously maybe they're further back on my head than they should be. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, um, throwing that out there. Anyway, all right. The other warning I want to throw out there tonight is this could go a little bit long. I don't know. I didn't time this one. I don't have it kind of dialed in. Uh, maybe it'll go really fast. Maybe it'll go a little bit long. It's okay. You can always pause me. You can come back tomorrow. You can do part one tonight. I'm just going to do it all in one stretch, though, because I feel like that's what I want to do. Anyway, um, we had some recent talks. We talked about lightness, choosing lightness, becoming lightness, giving lightness, experiencing lightness. What's next? We choose lightness over heaviness. Um, Last time we also talked about leaning, that word, leaning, and I, and I kind of threw out three possibilities. It's like leaning forward into our feelings, actually feeling them, embracing them, learning from them, leaning onto one another, 
using one another. We need one another. We truly do. And then leaning into and onto the divine, truly making that a practice and honoring that, sticking with it and being consistent about it. All of those leaning aspects are actually strength, courage, right? That's what we talked about that last time. And so as we begin tonight, I just wanted to highlight those again. And I also wanted to also revisit just a couple of my past talks, a few of my past talks, and I'll probably bring them up again tonight. But I did a talk at one point called, uh, it was it was titled like In the Middle or Meet in the Middle. Just this idea of getting to know other people and understanding that there are different viewpoints, right? And that's kind of how we learn is when we come to the middle, respect one another and meet there and dialogue and engage and, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, I also did a talk called Not a Dick. Um, that was just about not being a dick. It's a great talk. And I'm bringing it up tonight because it fits into all of this. I also did a talk about withness, with, W-I-T-H-ness, withness, um, what that looks like, being with one another, um, the divine always being with us. And how that withness might change over a lifetime, over our journey, over our story. And I also did talk about risking vulnerability. Um, That often vulnerability is seen as a negative thing because you have the potential of being hurt. But what we often don't explore is you also have tremendous potential to grow and to experience something amazing. So vulnerability, right? Two sides to one coin. And yes, there is the possibility of bad. There's also the great possibility of good. And we need to take that risk. So anyway, just keep all of those in mind. Maybe go back through the MTL podcast list and check some of those and and download some of those and and listen to those. Um, I wanted to bring you up on speed to kind of my guilty pleasures at the moment. Um, Certainly on Netflix, Cobra Kai, um, if you have no clue what that is, you, you don't need to check it out. But um, it's kind of like Karate Kid, you know, extended. <laughs> Karate Kid. I grew up with Karate Kid. Daniel LaRusso, skinny and lanky. And he, he gave me hope, you guys. Um, I remember buying a, getting, oh, I didn't buy, but my dad, I think he bought me, my parents did, um, a Karate Gi. And I wore it around, and I would, like, do stuff. You know, Karate Kid, forever. Anyway, um, Cobra Kai, certainly one of my guilty pleasures at the moment. One of my other guilty pleasures that I wanted to bring up tonight, because I'm going to talk about it a little bit, is another Netflix show, and it's called Love on the Spectrum. Now, have you seen it? Because, I dig this show. And I would encourage you to watch this one. I will encourage you to watch this one and to talk with me about it or to talk with other people about it. Just sit down, get some popcorn, get a drink and take in an episode of Love on the Spectrum. It's this awesome, awesome show. I, and, I'm, and I'm bringing it up because it seriously lifts me up. It does. I'm not kidding. Um, I enjoy watching that show not purely for entertainment but mainly because like it gives me hope i watch this show and i feel like i'm i'm a fly on the wall and i'm watching interactions and like expressions and engagements of 
authenticity. True authenticity. Transparency. Right? Honesty. Brutal honesty. Vulnerability. Time and time again. People taking true risk for connection and intimacy. Oh, I love it. I love it. And I could just soak all of it up. There's only one season, and I already blew through all of it, and I'm going to blow through it again. I'm going to start it again. Because there's this uh, such a hopeful aspect to it. I'm, I'm really loving the show, in case you couldn't tell. Now, in the show, just so you know, it's, it's a dating show. It's a dating show for people who are on the spectrum. Um, people who, who are autistic in some sort of way, um, with all of their truth and with all of their selves, selves and they desire to date and to get out there and, and to try this. And in the show, as you watch it, I'm not going to spoil anything, but as you watch the show, there's this relationship guru for people on the spectrum who visits a few of these different people and helps them. Right? So she comes in and she meets with them and she, she sits down, she listens to them, she asks questions, and then she tries to help. And here are some of the things that I just picked up on that, that she tries to kind of help them with. She tells them, you know, when you're sitting down and you want to engage someone else, you really shouldn't be looking at your phone. No phones, right? And you should also make eye contact, right? with the other person. Another thing you should do is ask questions. And why do you ask questions? You ask questions to learn more about them, to get to know them, and to ultimately discover if you have common interests, right? And so she helps them think of different questions, and she helps them practice the conversations that they might have. She also tells them time and time again that it's okay if you don't discover love with someone else. It's okay if that spark isn't there. And you might even be a little bit sad, but it's okay. And then what they do kind of say at the end, what you hear some of them say is, yeah, the spark wasn't there, I felt a little bad, but I do have a new friend and I have a new person to talk to to connect with. I don't know. I watch that show and I sit down and I'm blown away from the beginning to the end. At the risk, at the vulnerability, at the authenticity, at the honesty that occurs in that show in every episode. I sit down and I feel like I'm watching something happen. Now, I get someone out there is, is really on me right now and they're like, Phil, it's reality TV. I mean, how real can it be? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like I'm watching something that is just so rare nowadays. Something that I feel like I don't see happen that often. Something that I feel like I sometimes in my own life don't experience frequently. Right? All of those words that I mentioned before. People being their true selves. Quirks and all. Right? Just like being like who they are. I'm, I'm like seeing uh, etiquette and 
politeness, human civility, in a way that gives me hope. It, it inspires me. I'm seeing a desire, a true desire, for connection and intimacy that goes beyond just the need or the want, but actually translates into this willingness to try and to put forth effort and to risk, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's this like process of actually saying, no, 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 no. Okay. This is something I want and I'm willing to change for it. I'm willing to learn for it. I'm willing to better myself and I'm willing to step out And it's not about proving myself right or how I see things or it's, and it's, it's not about, um, it's not, it's not about disproving someone else. It's not about persuading someone else. This is about me, right? Sitting with another human being and experiencing them and learning from them and walking away with that kind of human connection. Yeah. Like, right. So like, yeah, one of my past talks meeting in the middle, right up the alley on this one. I promise. Like, people risking to, to connect is so refreshing to see, to witness, to experience. Now, I did that last talk that I did that was on risking vulnerability. Um, I mean, I've read so many things since then that, that it's just, like, with, with students right now, especially, um, You know, I think I mentioned in that talk how my kids don't understand and are actually nervous about ringing a doorbell, right? Knocking on a door. Um, If they haven't texted with their friend, and even if they have, they rarely go to the front door of of someone else's house. They don't knock. They don't ring the doorbell. um, They just wait outside simply because they're not sure who they might meet or what kind of conversation they might have to engage with. If there's an adult over there, they don't know. You know what I mean? It's, it's this unknown factor going on, and the risk is just too much. We have students, we have young adults who are unwilling to date nowadays because the risk of that communication that interaction is just a little too much. They just can't really, uh, there's kind of a, a lack of distrust in others, right? This kind of unknown factor beneath the surface. Anyway, I digress. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, so I have a failed TED Talk. Yeah. Like, I was going to dry out, and I didn't make it very far, and uh, not at all. But I wanted to tell you guys about it, at least, because it fits in right with all of this. The title was simply, Have We Given Up on Humanity? That was the title. Have We Given Up on Humanity? I want to read some things to you, some questions that I just felt like putting out there. Do we believe in love? Do we believe that machines are better than human beings? Do we believe that we are our brother and sister's keepers? Do we strive toward humane practices toward human beings? Do we work toward a promising future for all? Do we prefer superficial connection to authentic, real, messy connection? Do we believe we are only worth what we produce? 
Do we prefer safety without knowing others to risking being known in community? Do we simply avoid pain at all costs, even when we know our growth demands that we feel it, embrace it, and learn from it? Do we prefer being so-called right rather than learning from one another? Have we given up on humanity? Have we given up on everything that makes our species so unique, so filled with potential? Like oftentimes I feel like we prefer perfection, which doesn't even exist, to this beautiful mess that we call life. I know I've found myself in that corner, and that's why I wanted to tackle that topic with a talk. Have we given up on humanity? Have we thrown in the towel and said, you know what? I don't know, man. (laughs) And like, ugh. I'm sure you guys have felt it. I'm sure you guys have felt it in relationships, in community, in engagement. I know I've felt it. So I also watched this... um, It's Netflix. I think it's a documentary. I don't know. Maybe you can correct me on this one. And I hesitate mentioning this one simply because I do not want to trigger you in any sort of fear-based way or political way. I swear. That is not my intention. That's why I hesitate mentioning this one. But I did watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. I think it's worth a watch. I think it brings up some good questions, some good conversation. I think most things are that way, honestly. Um, Anyway, and near the end, I think they change it from the social dilemma to our social social dilemma, which I do feel like is a probably more appropriate title. Anyway, I only mention this show because it talks about social media. Um, It talks about how engaged we are on our phones. Um, and how we kind of check out from connection, human interaction, connection. Also just knowing one another, getting to know one another, and trusting what we read here instead of what we experience here. Um, I bring this up because I want you to feel, I want you to sense a deep sort of pull within your being. Maybe a small voice, maybe a return to what you experienced or knew. Maybe it's a new kind of area of growth. Maybe it's something that just rings really true because I watched and what I felt was sadness. I, I felt grief. I felt loss over division, over um, divides, over disconnection over lost relationships. As I watched that, that's what I felt. That's what I was kind of overcome with, right? It was just this this kind of loss, this less than human life feeling, right? It was like, wait, human life is, is filled with this. It's brimming with potential. It's all of this. And we keep almost retreating and giving up on all of that goodness. That's what it kind of felt like when I watched that. So when I watched, dually, I'm feeling this, 
And I'm also experiencing inspiration. I'm also feeling a sense of hope and determination to not give up on humanity, to not throw in the towel just quite yet. Because I know that we're not supposed to give up on one another. I'm feeling that desire for willingness to to connect and, and to try and to put forth effort. I'm feeling that bubble up within me as I watch simultaneously, dually at the same exact time. Now, I've been doing some personal work. I don't know if any of you guys felt it since the whole pandemic happened, but um, it's it's definitely pushed me to a place, um, nudged me <laughs> or pushed um, to a place where I've had to face some stuff. I've had to really do some interior work that otherwise I probably would have just avoided. Yeah, I think I would have just been too busy or something, right? But I'm doing some personal work, and the majority of it deals with anxiety, right? So I'm seeing my therapist, and I'm reading some books, and I'm putting in some work on every single day. And it's about kind of learning to embrace and accept all the different parts of me. Parts of me that are often at war. Um, Parts that don't agree. Parts that um, are exhausted. Parts that are hurt. Um, Parts that are exiled. Parts that have taken over. Parts, 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 parts. All these different parts and so many parts. And when I was speaking with my therapist recently, um, I told her, I was like, you know, like what I do and and um, you know a lot of people call me for help and a lot of people reach out to me and I'm able to help them and I'm able to listen and I'm able to offer advice and I'm able to pray and I'm able to talk and, and all these different things and I told her out of frustration one moment I was like how am I not able to help myself in this area right now like I pretty much know what I would say to someone else but I It's hard to hear that, you know, for myself. Well, she said a couple of things. First thing is, we do need other people, right? So you can't always do it on your own, all all alone. It's that whole idea of leaning again. We're, We're required, we're built, created to lean on one another, to lean into the divine as well. We need the divine. We need one another. But then she was quick to mention this other cool thing that I wanted to tell you guys tonight, which is, she said, your deepest, truest self, though, needs to listen, understand, and sit with all those parts of you that are hurt, that are wounded, that are misunderstood, that feel left out. That's where the healing's going to occur. That's what she was talking about. It's that deepest, truest part of ourselves. It's that divine image. And that voice is there. That's what I'm trying to get you to listen to when when you watch something. Can you hear it? Can you feel that pull? It's there. And oftentimes, that truest, deepest part of ourselves 
means to be able to speak, listen, sit with, understand, accept, and embrace all the other parts of us that are having a hard time, right? I'm reading this book right now, and um, it talks about the process um, of sitting Shiva, right? It's this Jewish custom. Shiva literally means seven. It's a seven... (laughs) Sorry, I put up my hand over here. (laughs) Seven. Um, A seven-day mourning period. You know, and historically, um, it was a period in which someone who was experiencing tremendous grief would visibly, tangibly express what they feel on the inside. They would rip their clothes, they would sit on the ground, they would sit in ashes. Um, Seven-day period to kind of let that feeling be felt. And here's the cool part. You as friends or family members could sit with that person, but you couldn't say anything. You just had to be with. You just had to be there to show up, to be a presence. The only person who can break the silence is the mourner, the true person experiencing grief. There's this story, kind of parable, part of the Bible about this guy named Job. That's his name. It's not the guy off of Arrested Development, but um, I always think of him. Um, But Job, and everything, everything broke for Job. Everything fell apart. The guy got sores all over his body. The guy's kids died. His wife died. Everything was falling apart. And um, the book that I'm reading right now was talking about that story and was just saying, you know, there's this part where Job is like in Shiva, sitting there, experiencing this deep kind of loss, this felt grief. And um, he has all these friends come around. And these friends do what they're not supposed to do and they break the silence and they start saying things, trying to help, trying to to offer wisdom and guidance and advice and all that kind of stuff, but it just hurts more. I think there's a lesson in there, that whole idea of sitting Shiva and being with. Being with. For me... This personal work is finding that deepest, truest part of myself, listening for that voice, listening for that place in me, and allowing that place and that truest part of myself to sit with all of my other parts, experiencing turbulence and chaos and feeling what they feel, being misunderstood. Sometimes I don't want to feel the way, the ways that I feel, but learning to sit with those parts and just give them an ear and understand them and embrace them. That's where some of this healing begins to occur in that withness. That healing can exp- can be experienced to myself, and then I can offer that healing to other people. And yeah, I'm kind of feeling like we're all in need of a bunch of healing. I think we're a bunch of people with a lot of parts, and um, a lot of us need to do that first step, that personal inward journey and work. And then we also need to sit with 
one another. Just witness, right? So here, I'm going to start us off, all right? Hello, I'm Phil, and I'm an addict. I am addicted to human connection. I need it. I definitely need it. And I want to experience more of it. I want to experience authenticity. I want to experience honesty. I want to experience transparency. I want to experience vulnerability. I want community. And I'm willing to do the work in myself and with others to make that a reality. I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. I know in my talk with my therapist that um, some of our parts get stuck in bad roles and they don't even want to be doing the roles that they're currently doing. They're just trying to help, but it's hurting us. And so when we experience healing, our parts are freed up to do new roles with new energy. And that ushers in all kinds of new possibilities. That's what I'm talking about. The willingness to change, to meet in the middle, to honestly try and to not give up on humanity or on one another or on ourselves. Right? We can become all of those things that I've mentioned. The potential, the life, the possibility is there in us. Those things that I've mentioned, like the authenticity, the transparency, the honesty, the the risk, those things make us unique. They make us human beings, and we can't give up on that kind of adventure. That's worth the time. Um, I used to do this talk with students, and we would ask them, hey, so what kind of friends are you looking for? You know, like... Let's talk about that friend. Who do you want in a friend? And what do you want? And they would throw up this huge list of words. Like, an awesome kind of friend. And then we would start talking about things, and, like, slowly I would, like, turn it back around, and I would say, so how how much time and effort are you personally putting into becoming some of those things that you listed up that you're looking for, right? Because, like, we need to mirror that kind of stuff we need to reflect that kind of stuff for one another we need to attract and 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 build and speak into and listen and give and it's it's kind of that interaction that exchange right become that i don't know after watching love on the spectrum here's what i feel like that relationship guru who comes in and says Let me sit down with you and let me show you how this works again. I feel like I want that to happen for us. I feel like I want there to be a class. And it's called, like, Being Human, Humanity 101. And and we all get to sit down and they're like, okay, so let me tell you some things, right? Let's break this down. I want you to learn how to be human. I want you to see it. I want you to value what that really is can mean for you and for other people in your story because we are a beautiful mess but we're a beautiful mess 
with lots of imperfections and lots of shortcomings, but so much possibility. You know, I want that teacher, I want that teacher to come in and talk with us and listen to us and speak to us. And that's not that far from what I'm trying to tell you about that truest, deepest part of yourself. Right? That like when you see certain things and you hear certain things, it just rings true. You feel it deep inside of your heart. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Because we do have that teacher. We do have that voice. We can choose to sit with one another. We can choose to do certain things like that for one another. Now, I wanted to share at least a story with you um, about the whole idea of with. Because it's kind of a take on that, but um, it happened recently and it's never happened to me before. So I wanted to share it with you. I've been able to do weddings still. Um, They just look different. And so I did a wedding with this couple who was eloping recently. And um, it was pretty cool, right? Because you could tell the love was in the air. You could tell there was emotion. And and there was this felt, um, thick kind of just presence when we did the ceremony. Anyway, I'm standing six feet away doing the ceremony talking with these two and I've never been this engaged right to the to the point where I mean I just felt bad looking down at my script and I just felt like I needed to look them in the eyes more and more and more and then they were looking at one another and then we got to the vows portion and she went first and I stepped to the side when that happens normally if I can and I did So I was out of the picture, and she's saying her vows, and she breaks down, you know? And I always tell couples, this is one of those moments. I mean, how many many moments in life do you feel the permission to simply be 100% who you are inside and outside? And weddings are one of those, I say, for brides and grooms. Lots of them try to fight back tears, and they don't want to lose it. And it's like, no. All of it. I want this to be 100% authentic, transparent, and just real and vulnerable. And anyway, she went for it. She did it. Then she puts her vows away, and he pulls his out. And I see him struggling, right? And he pauses, and he turns. And we do this for about two and a half minutes. There's silence. Silence. I don't say anything. She doesn't say anything. The videographer (laughs) doesn't say anything, right? Like, just silence. And then finally, he turns to me and he says, Will you read these for me? (laughs) And I was taken aback, I'm not going to lie. And I go, for real? Like, and he goes, yeah. And so then I'm like, sure. So then I get his vows And I stand there and I say, now you two just look at one another. And then I read his vows for him. Now, super interesting experience, right? And then afterwards, he thanked me so much because he just couldn't get the words out. He wanted to, 
but he felt them so strongly. He just couldn't do it. It was a powerful moment. It was pretty cool. But it reminds me of that kind of withness. This withness that is respectful and honoring. And it listens and it responds. It loves. That kind of withness from the deepest, truest part of ourself to all of our parts and then extended out toward one another, risking vulnerability, risking connection and intimacy because we're all addicted to human connection. It's something we crave, it's something we desire, and it's something we need. Mm. Anyway, I'm throwing that one out there. So, you guys, I'm just going to ask you, can you tomorrow, the next week, until we see each other again, can you stare a little less at a screen and stare a little more into someone else's eyes? Can you give a little bit more face time in the truest sense of the definition, right? Can you take the risk and can you have the conversation? Can you take the next step and ring the doorbell, right? Can you find some common interests? Can you ask the questions to learn who that other person is? Can you get into some talks? Can you pick up the phone and call someone? Can you embrace all of your quirks, all of your parts, and just try to be a little bit more fully yourself? Can you listen for that truest voice inside of you? That truest voice. You've probably spoken it to other people when they call you for help when they rely and lean on you but can you listen to that voice for yourself can you do the hard work of healing healing yourself and offering that healing to others around you I did a talk um, just remember this one too it was about being needy and it's okay to be needy. We, we are needy individuals. So maybe go listen to that one too. That one's cool. But be needy. It's okay. Offer. Offer human connection. Offer human connection. So the talk tonight is just titled Humanity 101. And I don't know if I gave enough to make it like a class. But here's what I'm pondering. I'm pondering doing some workshops. Some Humanity 101 workshops. You know, um, Humanity 101, class number one, um, questions and listening. You know, um, class number two, hospitality, right? Oof. Class number three, question mark. I don't know. Give me some suggestions. Help me out there. Humanity 101. And if you get a chance, go check out Love on the Spectrum. It's pretty it's pretty awesome. I know I'm going to watch one tonight, the first one again. Um, 
I just love the idea of us being human and not trying to be anything else. Just human. Right? Because there's so much potential, so much good, so much opportunity there. Because we connect like no other species. We're designed, created for that connection. And I personally am addicted to it. And I need it. And I'm willing to put in the work. And I hope you are too. So thanks for tuning in tonight. Um, Love that you do. Like I said, hopefully I've got an experiment, some kind of human connection, more peace in my back pocket that I'm trying to think through. Um, And get on that email list just so you've got the details when they do come up. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. I know it was a little bit longer. Um, Blessings, hope, peace, connection to all of you, to all of you. All right, until next time.